Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome to the pre-selection special edition of The Ruck. I'm Stuart Barnes. I'm somewhere near Somerset West, unfortunately not the one near the Mother City. Joining me from Cape Town are Owen Slot and Stephen Jones. Before we get on to selection for the first test, gentlemen, let's just take our minds away from rugby and a little bit of news on what you've been doing socially. Something to cheer the world. St- Steve, um, have you found a Shabin open? Well, n- no, we, ha- we haven't. We- we're somewhat uh, a few miles from the nearest Shabin, although we have investigated it. But uh, I have to say that um, uh, this, the, the group of journalists here, as normally happens under pressure and uh, when things are not good all that well, have bonded together. Um, last night, we did find someone who was, uh, let's say, quietly prepared to ignore uh, the strictures on banned substances and um, had a a, a joyous evening discussing rugby uh, following the Open. And um, we may be returning to the place uh, shortly, but um, everything's fine. It's a bizarre tour, Stuart. It's up and down, ill and then recovery. Good rugby, bad rugby. But uh, we're looking forward to the test matches now and to give it the final surge. Uh, Owen, I was talking to someone on the desk at the Times and there is a wicked rumour that uh, you've been clearing your head by getting to the top of Table Mountain. Tell me you walked it and didn't get on the cable car. Oh, for goodness sake, do me a favour, Barnsley. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no no cable car for me, mate. Yeah, beautiful walk. So actually, the, um, the, the weather uh, for the last four days has been fantastic it's about to break um as it can in cape town uh, during their winter i think a storm's on its way but it was uh it was lovely yesterday uh, beautiful lo- lovely walking around around the mountain didn't go didn't go to the top sort of walked across um on one of the pathways sort of uh, across the, the the mountain face um for a couple of hours just about got on got onto the alley price zoom call in time for from the car park at the bottom um <laughs> Was, was sort of caught out with my time here, but managed to catch up. Just a, just a, um, a reflection on, of how lovely it is, is, is Jonesy's shirt today. I, I know that doesn't quite work on a podcast, but um, Jones, are you very floral? Yeah, I, 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 very much Nelson Mandela in, in the glory days. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, the, only, the other thing was I was I couldn't. It was the only thing I could find this morning when I was uh, trying to get down to breakfast. So I put it back on. I did wear it last night as well, which is which is embarrassing, but I did. It's just a shame our listeners aren't viewers. I've done nothing as exciting as you two, but I spent yesterday, it sounds as if Steve was doing the same for a while, entranced by the golf and, and the mental strength of Colin Morikawa and, and Jordan Spieth. And only a week ago, I watched Wimbledon and uh, Novak Djokovic seemed to be able to beat people through strength of mind. And are those golfers and tennis players, is this what we know? as test match animal is this is something extra that takes you beyond being the bloke who can win the scottish open or the john deere mickey mouse classic to being someone right at the top of the tree oh I, I, absolutely absolutely i mean the the, the test match animal I, I the first heard that related to rugby from ian mckeekin who 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 used it to separate very fine international players and those who could um, uh, um, change a, a, a test alliance test match um, uh, out on the pitch. And uh, I think you've got two some great examples there. Djokovic is just the ultimate competitive animal. You know, it just takes so much to dent his self-confidence and his moment, momentum. He always feels that he, he, he should win. And God, you know, you would love to have a rugby team, uh, Barnsley, with 15 men of that mentality. And Mar- oh, golf, golf you, you obviously need it. And it's just interesting because um, down here, the South African, um, they were big golf supporters, but their man uh, faded towards, the as he has done on several Opens uh, recently, their guy faded. So maybe he hasn't got that animal streak in him. But uh, no, it's a fair comparison. And uh, the Lions have got a few like that. Maybe not all that many, though. The man in question here is Alan Wynn, isn't it? Uh, Alan Wynn Jones comes back after, well, as we know, after his um, shoulder issue, and, and that's it's one thing to it's one thing to physically to to repair as quickly as he, as he did, but 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 he comes back in, and uh, the the question of whether he was going to resume the tour captaincy or not was resolved in no time at all. Conor Murray said it's over to you again. And, and all the players just say that he walks in and, and he has this aura. And, and uh, so that's why I think he'll, he'll end up starting in that test. Uh, I, I've no idea. If, I, I don't know what, what um, Gatlin's thinking, but, but, but because the way they talk about him, the composure that he brings and the confidence he brings to those around him is, is very influential. He is your test match animal. Steve, I'm, I'm going to come on to the fact in selection meeting that you and I went for different players uh, in the second row to him. But before then, I just want to stay on this test match animal theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't believe it. In a week when everybody has been saying picking a Lions test team is harder than ever, you, myself, Lawrence and Owen have been incredibly uh, similar in our selections. And the one selection that really stood out different from anything else, the one really big selection difference was Lawrence. And he went for Owen Farrell at 12. Owen, no mark of Farrell. Barnes, no mark of Farrell. Now, that's another player where people say he's a test match animal. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, when does the test match animal find his claws have just been cut so far that there's no there's no edge to him? Well, the test match animal 
such as Djokovic, no one, uh, not even Djokovic or Morikawa or Tiger, not n- no one is immune to having bad form. But you know, no no one. Djokovic doesn't win every single tournament he goes in. He goes in for, and Owen's not been uh, playing that well. I mean, no one admires Owen's tenacity and his inner strength and belief and and his elastic ability to bounce back more than I. But you've got two problems there. A, he's not in form. And B, I just do not see the 10-12 two-fly halves thing working out here, Stuart, because anyone who saw De Allende and uh, Lucandio Am last week will know you have to really, really front up physically. And not only, I would have Owen on the bench, but not only would I not choose him at 12, I would choose Robbie Henshaw and Bundy Aki uh, at 12 in, instead of Owen, purely because of the meat that's needed in defending. So it's not a, it's not a this time, it is not a temperamental, temperament thing, self-belief thing. It is purely a physical size thing. And briefly, Steve, because Owen has touched on it, Alan Wynne-Jones, he came off the bench. Uh, you and I, I assume... Our teams were pretty tight um, to deadline at, at the weekend. Since that performance, has he changed your mind? Does he take Ian Henderson's place? No, he hasn't, because I think that there's more of this story to be told, Stuart. They would not send Alan Wynn home from Edinburgh if they had any idea that he would be back in a couple of weeks. And his recovery seems to me as too good, too short, and and slightly, maybe a tiny bit, not suspicious, but a wing and a prayer. And I have to say that if they wanted to play him in the test match, they should have started him on Saturday and said, look, you've got to give it everything. I thought he was slightly, he was courageous, but slightly tentative. I just do not think that we've heard all the story about Alan's injury and maybe we will this weekend. But I think Ian Henderson, for instance, if he's not chosen, would be very, very unlucky. And I speak as on the record, the biggest fan, or one of the biggest fans that Alan Wynne-Jones has ever had. Would you have Alan Wynne on the bench then? Well, uh, yes, I would, because he's probably the next best lock that they have here. Although, or is he? Because we, we've seen um, Adam Beard and we've seen Johnny Hill play extremely well. Extremely well. I, I think I would have him on the bench because then you could possibly give him 20 minutes in the test match and then find out whether he's okay for the second test match. But I, I, I do think that if they're thinking of picking him, I think that's a big risk, Slotty. Don't you? I mean, you see, the, the big problem is, Stuart, and, and you know this, we just do not know what evidence we can rely on that we've seen on this tour to date. We just do not know. I agree, Steve, that we're slightly guessing because you need to be in, in, in with the medics to really answer these questions. But it, so, so I, I was with you. I, I thought initially put, put Alan Wynn on the bench like um, Sam Wilburton was in the first test last year and, yeah. hope, he's, and hope he's ready for, um, for you know, a full game in the second or third. But, um, but, but, but I've, ch- I've changed now. And again, this, this is not a medic talking. It just seems to me what is common sense is if there's any doubt about um, Alan Wynn's shoulder, then surely you've got to start him because if, he, if he's comes off, off the bench and it gets smashed in five minutes, then you've probably blown it. You, you, you've lost your, your lock, uh, your bench man on the lock, and, um, uh, and, and you're one man down. So I think you start him, 
hope he goes 45 minutes or 50 minutes or something and then bring on Henderson or, or Courtney or whoever whoever's next in line. I, okay, I see that point definitely. I, and I tend to agree with that. I really do. But again, I think that's a, that's a, the reason you're saying that. It's partly because we just do not know. We do not yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. It's a high-risk gamble, though. And, and Steve, you made the point about we, we, it's a tour where nobody really quite knows. And Alan Wynne-Jones, in many ways, um, epitomises the whole issue for selection because it's not just a bloke who's played very little rugby. Uh, let's not just—it's not just the injury. He's played hardly any rugby for a long time, and you know he came on against Stormers' team, devoid of any Springbok squad members. And and I must say, um, watching it back here, it was another game where, apart from the South Africa A game, you know I watched that and I thought current form means absolutely nothing whatsoever because the standard of the opposition, brave as they were is so far from a test match that if you end up selecting on current form, Slotty, you could end up making a real mess of selection. Well, well, actually, Alan Wynn hasn't got any current form. He's got 20 minutes, 20 average minutes on Saturday, something like three minutes in Murrayfield three weeks ago. And then between then and the Six Nations, I think he had three games yeah. for Osprey's over like three months. Against, yeah. yeah. I was just saying that it, it epitomises the problem for the Lions. You look at so many of these Lions and, you know, when we talk about one or two areas where we've differed in, 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 in our selection, it'll be very much a cl- case of, of proven class and Lions form against current form. That's the scrum halves you're talking about in particular, Barnes, isn't it? Well, it is. So let's get on to them now. Um, in the four selections of slot... Jones, Barnes and Delalio, the only area where there was a 2-2 split, amazingly enough, was in fact uh, at Scrum Half, where Lawrence and myself went for Connor Murray, the form he showed against England, and certainly, I think, more important than, it, than his form for the Lions against New Zealand. But he's got it in the bank. Ali Price has been the sharpest Scrum Half on tour, but has he been doing it against absolutely nothing? That That's... That's the big question. How, how concerned, Steve, are you with the level of opposition Price has been facing? And and the fact that I go back to Twickenham and I see Maro Itoje charging him down time and again, even when Scotland were in control of that game. And it worries me. Look, we know that the, the games, A, they, they've not been very strong, which is very disappointing, and they must deal with that on the, on the next Lions tour. If the Lions committee can ever pull themselves up together to make any sort of decision ever, but the other thing is, stylistically, they're very much, they're very much playing to super rugby uh, sort of style. But the one game where you could make valid comparisons in my play, in, in my and very valid comparisons, in my opinion, was the game against South Africa A. That was the game when people were really tested in test match style rugby. And I, I have to say, I was absolutely astonished how awful Connor's service was. I mean, in the old days, I remember um, when you played with Richard Hill, you'd watch Hilly doing his um, sweeping the ball off the floor time and again, left hand, right hand, do 60 or whatever, or 70 passes off the floor, never get up straight. Connor picked the ball up, got to to 
pulled himself up to his full height, you could almost hear him creaking. Then he would start running towards the people he was going to pass to. It was absolutely chronic, Stuart. Yeah, well, can I just say, Jonesy, when Hilly was doing those hundred every day, I was on the end of it running around like a blue ass fly, trying to, and, and on a serious note there, trying to make sure there was synchronisation between the nine and ten. And, and that's become something of an issue as well, hasn't it? So, oh, totally. I mean, I mean you, are you concerned about the halfback link? One of the unfortunate things about this tour, or just, yeah, I mean, it's the same for everyone, but uh, the, the, whatever Warren planned has, has been slightly um, uh, thrown asunder by, the, by all the COVID rearranging. So I don't think he's had, had a chance to play many of his combinations as he would have liked. So I, I'm, I'm now in the Ali Price camp and scratching my head thinking, if, if Price has played a game with Dan Bigger, who we're, who we're presuming is, is the starting 10. I think for both sides, the first test is going to be kind of, um, it'll be all right on the nights of fingers crossed, um, hope, it, hope it all gels. Um, I'm not sure who's got the, um, the, the toughest ask in that respect, because both of them are coming in when they don't really know what they've got to offer. Still on Ali Price, Steve, it was very interesting that on Saturday, he was very much the fulcrum. And I don't think it's just because Marcus Smith was new to the squad. You and I differ on Smith. We know that. I thought he settled into the game, but I thought what was most interesting was he was peripheral in a way that maybe a, a fly half will be as well, because we know about the Lions and, and there's no doubt they're going to kick a lot of ball to get over and around the South African midfield. But are we going to see as much pick and drive off the scrum half as we saw from Price and his forwards on, on Saturday? Well, I, I think you'd have, you'd have to, but, but there is another reason for that. And neither Connor nor, nor Ali are actually brilliant uh, box, boxers. I think that's very harsh. Connor Murray at his best. Oh, Stuart, honestly, in the, in the end, both scrum halves in their last two games have had to go much shorter to make the kicks contestable and, and because, because they just don't have the length of leg to, to, to drop it deeper. And, and Ali Price was especially guilty of that and, and was told by Warren, as he admitted, to make the box kick shorter and more contestable. But but uh, look, Connor, maybe it was a, a rare day off, but he was poor against the South Africa as well. And at the moment, I think that it's it's you would rather both his Kramars play in a different style, in the, in the same style. But I think that Dan Bigger and the backs are going to have to do more and more people are going to have to play off Dan because um, of, of the speed of Price's service. But you can't play off anything like the service of Murray when it takes 15 seconds to get to you. If Jonesy and I are right and Ali Price gets to start at nine and Alan Wynn doesn't start uh, at lock, who's your captain? Well, the captain for me is whichever of the hookers, the two hookers, starts the test match. And that's, uh, with great respect to Luke Cohn Dickey, I think it's between... Uh, the sheriff Ken and it's and uh, Jamie George and I think that whichever of those two starts the test match, if Alan Wynn and Colin and uh, Colin Murray not there, will be captain of the of the Lions. I've got Luke Cavendish as my starting two. We're going to come on to that, Slotty. That's right. one of our big. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm leaping ahead. Slotty Burns is very strict. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Captaincy thing, if Conor Murray doesn't start and Alan Wynne-Jones doesn't start, I think a bloke you shouldn't dismiss from the equation would be Dan Bigger. He's a real leader. He's hugely experienced. Out of all the Lions, his form is, is, is very solid going into this game. He's confident. And I don't buy into this thing about tens can't captain a team. Plenty have done that. I, I, I think he would be a, a real a real option there. Uh, and that takes us now to our, our big selection debate, which is Hooker, where the Sunday Times writers were unanimous with Jamie George. Luke Cowan Dickey produced a magnificent performance. But I ask you, Owen, against what? And I also say to you, is there a massive danger here that Cowan Dickey winning turnovers against a second rate team? running around like a blue-ass fly against a second-rate team and putting his head down and charging, throwing everything at it, will actually end up being exactly the wrong sort of preparation for a test against the Springboks. Because is he really going to do that five-metre pickup against the box? Is he really going to knock them out of the way? Is he going to win turnover out of turnover? Has Owen, that performance against the Stormers actually made life difficult for the selectors because it's a game we shouldn't be considering. Well, yeah, I see, see, see what, you, what you're doing there. You, you, we've gone back to do, do good performances against average uh, opposition count for anything. Um, so uh, quite a lot. No, I don't think they do. But I think Cowan Dickey's different in that it, he's, he's not just recently played some good games against, um, uh, against average um, South African provincial opposition. I mean, he's he, he displaced Jamie George in the England team in the Six Nations. He's been he's been brilliant for Exeter to, towards the close of the season. So I don't I don't think it's um a, a flash in the I don't think it's a flat track bully, which is sort of what what we're suggesting. Um, and I think uh, in the other areas of the game, I kind of struggling to see where Jamie George and Ken Owens now trump him, apart from the fact that. They have a bigger track record in in the bigger games, but but Luke Cavendish he's played a load of big games now. It's it's not like you're he's um he's new to this. What I would say, Owen, and I think it's absolutely central. And in the end, it would be the reason I wouldn't pick him. I, I'd have him on the bench because of his attributes. You have 
lucidly mentioned there. But still in the biggest games, there is a question mark about his throwing in a way there is not with Jamie George. Jamie George can hit men at the tail. And if you look at Luke Cowan Dickey at Exeter, uh, England and the Lions, when his stats are good, there's an awful lot of stuff front and middle. Not much goes to the back to the back of the uh, line out. And, and I think if the Lions are going to get into the box, they've got to have a hooker who can hit at the tail so that they can get around the corner and try and force people like DLND in field to just create a little bit of space. And I, Steve, uh, Steve, as a technician, I, I just, m- my view is George has it over him. To be honest with you, I think there is an area and I think that um, Jamie George and uh, Ken Owens are, better, are seen as better scrimmages. And don't forget that uh, the South Africa A had a big go at the Lions scrimmage the other day when actually it was Kyle Sinclair who was there, not Ty Furlong, who's a better scrimmager, but Sinclair and the Lions front row, I thought, held on really, really well. And that was the game which, made, which, which in my opinion, gave Wynne Jones, the loose head prop, the, t- the test spot. Uh, I think that actually it is incredibly close for Hooker to start but not with Cohen Dickey, but between the other two. Because I think Gatland quite rightly loves Ken Owens. I think, but I, I think that, as you say, I think that Luke Cohen Dickey, when the heavy scrums have gone, is, mo- is very likely to be on the bench. But I think the starting place is between the other two. Slotty, that's a beautiful segue, because I was going to come on to an area where we've agreed, but there has been massive debate. And I, I've listened to ex-Lions extolled his virtues. None of us have gone for Mako as a starter. Uh, the likes of uh, Ian McGeekin, I, I think, Will Greenwood, Sam Warburton have all gone for him. Are his virtues as, a, as a, a, an overwhelmingly brilliant footballer so great that we can forgive the fact that he's got a track record in the big games of getting put away and and... Is it a worry, Owen, that referees will remember the 2019 World Cup final and actually see the Lions struggling, even if that's not the reality? They don't need to really um, rack their brains and think back that think back that far to 2019. They could they could reverse back to one of the scrums on um, on Saturday night, and they could reverse back to uh, a couple of the scrums that Mako played in against the the Lions. I think it was um, uh, earlier on in this tour. Uh, you know, Mako has been pinged for um, for collapsed scrums three times on this tour, uh, and that wasn't against good opposition. So you, you don't have to think think about that far. I mean, yes, the the, the point about 2019, it, it was it was really on the um, on the tight head side that um, uh, that uh, England suffered. Though that said, when um, Joe Marler came on and replaced Mako, suddenly everything got better again. So you've written about this a couple of times. The question is, we don't know how many scrums there are going to be, but if there are six scrums and four of them end up in penalties against the Lions, then, then, then that's a selection that's gone wrong, isn't it? Yeah, and Steve, the other thing, people will say, yeah, there's so many breakdowns, the ball is whizzing around and the scrum, there's so few scrums, mm. but it, it's where it starts. And, and is there something special in South Africa because of the psychological import to which the box attached to a scrum. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and also just a naked power, but of course there is, because, you know, they drooled over their bomb squad, Stuart, as, as we know, and uh, could replace three great players with three others. But um, I, I do think that, um, yeah, that, that, that is always going to be the mantra 
And uh, unless you go down to no scrums, it will always be the mantra. And there should be uh, for a start, as, as Ken Owen said in interview, it is absolutely ridiculous that when the ball is at the back of the scrum, the ref should start squawking at you to play it. Because if you've got the other guys under pressure, why shouldn't you not? Why should you not be allowed to do the, the, the secondary shove? So South Africa still worship it, and, and, and God bless them. Um, the, the, the Franz Malherbe is uh, is absolutely their best scrummager, though. They keep on saying we've got two in every position, but he stands out. He's not played for a bit. We understand he is going to play in the Test match, so that'll be a key confrontation. And uh, I think that um, you, you just talked about Mako there, Stuart, quite rightly. And 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 Owen, uh, he did have an awful game against uh, one of the Sharks teams up against a really poor opponent. I just think he wasn't concentrating and a couple of bad scrums eventuated. But I think actually he did sort himself out. When he is at his best, he is a complete... Uh, he's like a Grand Prix um, a car with a tractor's bonnet on it because he's bloody brilliant. But I think he's he's missed his chance of starting in the Test match, and I also don't think he's anything like as good as uh, as he is when his brother's also in the team. Do do we not think that Mako is kind of the perfect impact sub? You know, the last twenty minutes when if the Lions' plan is to slightly run the run the Springboks into the ground, the game loosens up, and then you've got the best ball playing loose head arguably in the world come on. I mean, that's pretty decent, isn't it? Agreed. The only problem with that, Owen, is if Malherb does make an Alan Wynne-Jones-type miraculous recovery this time from COVID, and they're going Malherb and Vincent Cock coming off the bench, then as much as the Lions are running them all around the place, South Africa go back to this um, so-called bomb squad and you bring on Mako in the last 20, where in theory it's looser. But if South Africa are absolutely mullering the Lions in the scrum, it doesn't matter how good Mako is. It, he's not going to win you a test match if he's running backwards, doing brilliant things. He'll just make sure you don't lose by many, surely. Sorry, Sotty. Are we not forgetting that um, Lions have got their own contender? Because Tide Furlong is a heck of a scrummager and almost immovable. So I think that I don't think it's going to be like a chalk and cheese thing up front. I think the Lions have got their own own ability to 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 get a couple of inches going forward. Furlong is a key player, massive man, and I think that actually it could be fifty fifty up there. I don't think. And so again, I do, I think that does give you the luxury of of bringing Mako Vunipola on afterwards, as Owen says. Off the bench, then, Slotty. Let's get on to that. We've got critical. It's always we, we get to the papers, and I'm sure. We're all equally frustrated. There's never quite enough room to put our 23s in, but the bench is going to be absolutely fundamental to this test series. Do we think, before we talk about other bench members, these three should be, will be on the bench? Cow and Dickey, you've intimated that maybe not. Do you go Farrell? Do you go Mako? Well, all three of those I think I would have on the bench. I think uh, you've got a Dan Big is such a physical player. I think you need a, a backup ten, which is where I, I would put um, Owen. Uh, I think you, nine, ten, and one other on the bench. And but the three you mentioned, Stuart, definitely. Like I say, I think Cohen Dickey. It, it, I don't. I happen to think he's not actually strongly in the shaker to start, but I do think he, he should. He should come on. So Mako would be another one, and also. Um, I think Carl Sinclair um, would be, would be on the bench as well, even though um, 
uh, Xander Ferguson at last showed what he could do in the Cape Town Stadium on Sunday. So, yeah, I'd have all three of your subs, uh, with obviously with the tight head as well. Scrum Hart's an interesting one. It, let's say that Warren Gatland is swayed by the argument of Slot and Jones, and he, he plumps in the end for Ali Price. Does that mean, I, what we're thinking, does that mean Conor Murray misses out on the 23? Because I would argue that Gareth Davis is likely to have more impact than Murray. It might be that he's the third choice scrum half, but he wouldn't be the third choice impact. So what's your take on that? Well, yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, uh, you're completely right. Uh, you, you're nine. You would want someone who, who could do something special and turn a game or, you know, do a uh, Gareth Davis is a bit of an intercept king, isn't he? He's a, He's far more of a sniping scrum half than than Conor Murray. So, yeah, your common sense says that if you're going to have Ali Price and you want to win a game in the last 10, then you then Gareth Davis would be your man. But I, I don't know. I, I haven't got enough faith in Ali Price to, to go go the whole hog with that. You, <laughs> you, you could start with Ali Price and after 30 minutes go, shit, that was just a mistake. You know, he... He was just good against the. He was a flat track bully against the average opposition. So logically, you shouldn't do this. But I would actually start with Ali Price, and I'd have Conor Murray as a comparatively safe set of hands in case that went that one went um, pear shaped. Good. I, I, I just think Gareth Davis um, has not been himself at all on this trip, and I, and I would put a lot of that down to the awful chopping and changing that that Wales do with him because you have to remember when Wales played Australia in the Rugby World Cup pool game he was absolutely towering and I thought he was so effective he almost rivaled Fafta Clerk for effect- effectiveness I think he's been battered and criticised in Wales which is what they tend to do and uh, I think Gatland really rates him and but doesn't feel he's had the chance with one with an injury as well to come through here but I think he is, um, in any other circumstances, I would have him on the bench. This time, I just don't think he's in form. Stay on scrum halves. Faf de Klerk, we all know him very well from his sale exploits and his World Cup winning uh, tricks. Who's more likely, who's most likely to get to Faf de Klerk? Is there anything more important to disrupting the Springbok game plan than to stop the little fella and his marvellous array of little chips, box kicks and darts? Well, I... Do you remember the um, the Johannesburg test in 2018 when Marrow tried to leave a, an, an impression on him and it backfired terribly? Um, I mean, I, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a sharper lock in the world at charging down a box kick than Marrow. I mean, he he would absolutely love to leave an imprint on on Faf, and Faf would absolutely love to run rings around big old Marrow. I think it'd be wonderful that. So it's, the thing is, it's all very well to. Um to lay down plans for Faf, but if you if you're the the coach of the Lions, you have no idea where he's going to be for a start or what what he's going to do. I mean, I was watching him um, uh, off the scrum when the Lions were healing the ball, and instead of just following the ball around and trying to spoil Colin Murray, he was just crouching and he had his eyes staring at the fly half and acted as an old fashioned the old fashioned flanker, open side flanker. I mean, he's a chameleon. He's got so many different guises. Um, I have to say, I'm you know, often sure whether he knows what's going to happen next, but very, very difficult indeed to, to, to keep him un, in check when you just do not know what he's going to do. You can watch all the, all the videos in the world, all the tapes in the world, but you still could not lay down a proper defensive screen for him because he's not that sort of player. I think, he, to honestly, I think he's a great rugby player. I think you can say the same in terms of being an outstanding player for 
Andre Pollard. Now, we've hardly seen him because of injury at Montpellier. You guys, you're there in South Africa. He hasn't been playing. He has been. He had he, he had COVID, is that right? Yep, yep. He's one Did. So he's coming off nine months of nothing. Is he going to be fit? And if he's not fit, Elton Yanches or Mornay Stain? I'm absolutely 100% convinced that, that he will start. And I say that, one, because he's so much better than the other two. And two, they're putting him up for media today, which often suggests that... Um, yeah. uh, that, that, that he's in the 23. They, would, they wouldn't have done otherwise. I think they just they just realised how completely and utterly essential he is to everything they do. I think it's, it's one of the interesting things in this COVID world, how, how quickly can you come back from A, COVID and B, isolation, and then uh, start in the Lions test match? Well, they're putting that to the test. Just show so, Stuart, there's, there's nothing new under the sun because I think if Pollard didn't play easily, the man who replicates him most is, is Morley Stain. And yeah, suddenly yeah. We, Morley's back. Uh, you know, he's still playing exactly the same game as he always did. Elton Yentes is, uh, is, is erratic. And with the greatest respect, I think he fulfills some of their quota requirements. But I don't just do not see Elton as an international fly half. And the Lions would love to play against him. We've got to ask you well, as well about what's the news on Sia Khaleesi. We've talked about the miraculous recovery and the importance of Alan Wynne-Jones. This guy is equally important to the Springboks and he's been struggling as well. Guys, what's the news on Khaleesi? Well, we understand that he's not going to play because I, they, we were told that all the Springbok squad who were likely to play against the Lions were in attendance at Cape Town Stadium on Saturday, but he wasn't. So, uh, Owen... Uh, you usually far quicker on these things than I, but it, do we do we understand that C is not going to play? Their selections announced on um, on Wednesday. My understanding is that is that the timing of his COVID and when he's free is about Wednesday or Thursday. So you, you could pick him on on those grounds if if you wanted to, but I think that would be madness, and I don't think they are. I mean, he won't, wouldn't have been able to train with them, so I think they'll try and hope that they can get him up and running for the second test. No Dwayne Vermeulen as well, an absolutely central man to the spring box. We were told, and rightly so, that before this, well, six months ago, he was going to get himself ripe in Japan for the Lions series, his big farewell. He's out. Steve, South Africa are not looking as formidable in the back row uh, as they were in that World Cup, are they? No, they're not. And um, they're still looking fairly tasty, probably not as formidable. Um, it's understood or the, the favourite to um, to take Vermeulen's place to it is uh, just the visa of Leicester but I also understand that uh, Quagga Smith a former Sevens player has uh, got a great a, a really live chance to get in there as well instead of visa so uh, I tell you what you'd hardly say oh we can relax now because both those players are, are formidable players but they're not Vermeulen so that that. That's different. I mean, the other thing is, I suppose, if Khaleesi doesn't play, uh, Sia is a magnificent uh, banner for this nation, a magnificent spokesman. I don't think he's actually of true world class as a player. I, I really don't. And so that possibly would would be a huge loss for uh, symbolism, a huge loss for the captaincy, but possibly whoever came in instead of him might might, might cause the Lions problems. I wrote that, Steve, before the World Cup final, and I got quite a lot of bad abuse from South Africa, so I'm glad you're the man who said it this time. Gods yeah. of the week, gents, before we depart. 
are there any gods of the week or do we have a lion of the week? What would you want? Well, we've got to have the gods, the gods. Gods of the week then, okay. Gods yeah. of the week. Um, Steve Owen? I've got a god of the week, but I can't name him. Can't Kate. pronounce his name or? Well, I, I can't name him because as referred to at the start of this podcast, uh, there was a restaurant that was uh, attended last night by Steve and myself and, and one or two colleagues. And, and the, uh, the restaurateur was um, turning a blind eye to the, uh, the alcohol ban. So he is having been here now for 10 days. Jones has been here for nearly two weeks. The idea of a glass of wine with your dinner. Eh, who invented that? It works. We love it. Um, so God of the Week is the restaurateur who ignored the booze ban. I haven't gone out yet and broken the long old booze ban or, or the limits on it. But at lunch today, I'm going out with my wife to a place called the Vine Tree to have lunch and a, a nice glass of wine. So I would like to hope that the proprietor of the Vine Tree uh, comes up with the goods. And if he's listening to this when it goes out, the next time we go, make it on the house. Vine Tree owner. Barzi, when he sees you, you know his eyes will light up anyway. <laughs> the, um, my God of the Week is a, is a player, a man I've, I, I've been slightly uh, critical of. I, I think that Stuart Hogg, the heart bleeds for him when you, he's desperately trying to make a case to play in the Lions Test Series and he gets has to, sh- to shield because of uh, contact with, a, with a, someone with COVID. Not his fault, not his problem, except that he had to stay in, San, in um, the hotel in Joburg on his own at altitude, nothing to do, nothing to drink uh, for a week. He must have been absolutely steaming. And I saw him on Saturday night uh, come out and play. He was captain. He led the Lions out. He gave it everything. He was really cheerful in the post-match interview. And I thought, even though possibly he didn't do himself enough good to get in the test team, I just thought it was nice to see a, a really decent man and a fine player coming out of lockdown or coming out of uh, uh, quarantine and playing, leading the Lions onto the field. Stuart Hogg is my God of the Week. It's like that's brought a tear to my eye. I'm completely with you there. Completely it definitely, definitely trumps our picks, doesn't it? So Stuart Hogg is our God of the Week. Gentlemen, stay safe in South Africa. Keep coming up with the brilliant work. Look forward to hearing your stuff Thursday when selection is known to us. We will be post-mortem in the game. Sam Warburton will be joining the Deadly Duo from South Africa and myself. And you can hear that Monday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.